You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Deconstructionist Podcast. This is one of your hosts. This is John, and I'm bringing you a special Christmas message. Um, As is Adam, um, the two of us sat down. We recorded our year-end wrap-up episode uh, for 2017. We cannot believe that it is almost 2018 already, Uh, but as such, we will be taking our usual month off, so we'll be taking a break next month, the month of January, and coming back fast and furious in 2018 in February. So the first Tuesday evening in February, we will have brand new content for you that we have already already recorded and are super excited about. Uh, but until then, we want to give you a couple little bonus episodes, not even really episodes, they're just little um, messages, Christmas holiday messages that we recorded and wanted to share with you guys. And so in particular, uh, for those of you that uh, joined us uh, last week, for Dr. Alexander Shia. We talked a lot about the birth narrative, of course, because it's that time of year and it's interesting, but a lot of us, myself included, grew up hearing kind of a blending of the birth stories that are contained within the Gospels. And so what I want to talk about today is um, I want to differentiate between the stories and point out a couple of important differences. Um, and, And again, I think it's important to note that uh, we need to know who the ori- original audiences would have been, who were listening to these these uh, stories, and why, uh, although there are some discrepancies between the Gospels, um, the original audiences would have been aware of this. Um, it was not something that would have caused an issue for them. And uh, and again, it's, it's important to note that uh, whoever wrote the initial Gospels, whether it was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or or followers, followers of theirs, disciples of theirs. Um, again, it's important to know um, what these accounts would have meant to the people hearing these stories. So, um, so starting out, let's look at the four different Gospels. And the four different Gospels uh, present very different accounts, specifically the Gospels of Mark and the Gospel of John. So the Gospel of Mark doesn't really talk a whole lot about the birth story, right? So if you start begin, you know, if you start reading the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, it goes right into the adult baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist. Um, the Gospel of John, in its usual poetic fashion, focuses more on the divine nature of Jesus, and really doesn't talk um, at all about Joseph and Mary, you know, the parents of Jesus. So, so when we sit around and we recount the, the birth of Jesus uh, around Christmas time. Uh, we really are focusing in on the Gospels of Luke and the Gospel of Matthew. And interestingly, 
oftentimes, as we noted in last week's episode, we tend to blend those two accounts together, although uh, even though they are, are slightly different in their details of the account. So I'm going to spend a little time on Matthew, uh, but I, what I really want to talk about today is the Gospel of Luke. Um, the Gospel of Luke, I feel, um, really uh, preaches, as they say, um, specifically to this point in history. So, um, so let's look at the Gospel of Matthew first. Um, and, and look at some of the differences there. So the Gospel of Matthew, um, again, the, the audience would have been a very Jewish audience, and, and the author of Matthew um, would have been um, uh, someone who followed the laws and, and really um, uh, felt like it was important that others, that his community would have, would have done the same. And so uh, the author of Matthew really speaks to um, his audience in a way that, that really focuses on the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. So in his telling, um, it's interesting to note, the angel uh, who comes uh, down to foretell the, the birth of Jesus um, comes to Joseph in a series of dreams. Um, and, and Joseph and Mary here in this account are natives of Bethlehem, where they live in a house. Um, and so Jesus actually here is born in a house in Bethlehem. Um, and after the the uh, the birth of Jesus, um, you know the the wise men show up. They the magi they follow a star to the location of of Jesus, and of course we know that there's this evil villain in the story, King Herod. Uh, and King Herod basically tries to make a deal with the wise men, um, and because he wants to murder Jesus, so he he says, if you find them or if you find Jesus, come back and let me know. Uh, the location of Jesus. And of course, we know in the accounting of Matthew, the, the wise men, they, they follow the star, they go find Jesus, they bring the, the gifts of uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They do not go back and tell Herod, they actually take a different route home. But what's interesting here is we, we always talk about the gifts that the Magi bring, um, but we don't talk about the significance of what they bring specifically gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, what's interesting here is that these are the types of things that might be uh, buried with a king. And so the author of Matthew might be indicating here that the full significance of the birth of Jesus may not be fully apparent or fully realized until his death. So it's an interesting, interesting note here. So in any event, uh, you know, Matthew talks about the evil King Herod. And of course, when Herod doesn't receive the news of the location of Jesus, he gets really super mad and he, you know, orders the murder of all of male children under the age of two. And so in the story that Matthew recounts, uh, the baby Jesus, his parents, Joseph and Mary escape to Egypt and they stay there until Herod and his cronies have died. And, and then they return. So again, Matthew, the, uh, the story, uh, relayed by Matthew um, is is very much the telling um, that focuses on Jesus as King of the Jews and the culmination of God's plans and promises. So again, that's where we get the the three wise men. Um, and what's interesting here is there's no there's no talk of um, a manger or a or a barn um, or an, you know or an inn um, or things of that nature. So um, so again, that comes into play in the Gospel of Luke, which is that really the, the part I want to focus on the most here. So the author of Luke really 
tends to focus on, on different aspects of the story here. Here, Luke is really telling a story about the, the birth of Jesus amongst the common people. Jesus is born amongst the lowly, quite literally the lowest of the low. Um, he, makes, he makes a point to almost portray Jesus and, and his parents as homeless in a way. So literally, Jesus is born in a barn. And the other interesting thing to note here is that Luke's account begins with the foretelling of another birth, that of John the Baptist uh, to his parents, Elizabeth and Zechariah. And so the story begins actually with Elizabeth, who is, uh, according to Luke, barren and getting out in age, but she's promised a child, which again, this story parallels another story that you might remember in the Old Testament. And so uh, she does indeed become pregnant and it is said that in the sixth month, uh, an angel comes down, we get the name this time, it's Gabriel, comes to Mary. And uh, this is different because, again, in the Gospel of Matthew, the angel comes in a series of dreams to Joseph. But here in Luke, Mary is the central character. Mary is the one that the angel comes to, and, and the angel tells her that although she's a virgin, she will become pregnant by way of the Holy Spirit. So Luke, in contrast to Matthew, highlights... Um, not only Mary, but several female characters uh, throughout the, the, uh, his account. Um, not only that, but he focuses on uh, the poor, the sick, and the rejected. Um, he brings up the Samaritans. And this is huge, and I'm going to come back to that um, and why that's massively important. Uh, but again, Luke's birth narrative differs in his focus on the important role um, of both Mary, Elizabeth, and other uh, female characters. Uh, here he firmly places Joseph, Mary, and the birth of Jesus amongst the poorest of society. Like I said, literally placing them in a barn. Uh, so here in the story, Joseph and Mary, uh, they're actually forced to travel to Bethlehem from Nazareth uh, due to a Roman census that's due to take place. And while they're there, Mary is forced to give birth. And again, this is where we get the story of the barn and uh, the manger scene. So she's, she's forced to use a feeding trough literally as a manger for, for the baby Jesus. So again, Luke really points out the fact that um, instead of being born in this fancy home with all the comforts um, of, of being at home, um, Jesus is born literally amongst animals, barn animals. So at this point in the story, the angels that, that uh, come down to announce the birth of Jesus come down not to the wealthy, wise, and elite, as they do in Matthew's account, to the wise men, the magi. Here, they appear to the shepherds tending to their flocks in the fields. These were not the wealthy elites of society. These were the working class common folks. And depending on which historical account, account that, you, uh, uh, that you read, shepherds were at the very least the working class blue collar folks, if not far, far worse. Uh, some historical accounts uh, describe the shepherds as literally criminals who uh, that's literally the only job that they could obtain. So again, regardless... Shepherds are the first messengers of God's peace and goodwill towards all people. So the other interesting difference here in Luke's account is the parallel that he makes between both John the Baptist and Jesus' birth and in the way in which they were named. So in both instances, an angel provides their names and the proclamation of the, their impending arrival. So in fact, John the Baptist was referred to as prophet of the Most High and Jesus, Son of the Most High. Another interesting point here, 
is the proclamation of Jesus' birth seems to be Luke's way of saying, look, Jesus is the true bringer of peace and not Augustus Caesar, who was at the time known as the bringer of the Roman peace. So again, Luke is driving home the point that Jesus will bring peace between Israel and the Gentile nations, peace among all nations. And so here is my absolute favorite part about the, uh, the Luke and birth narrative and the point that I really want to drive home for this holiday season. The author of Luke made it quite clear that Jesus was coming to bring peace among all of God's people. And so the two terms that I want to point out are the term Gentile. Gentile means, literally means nations. Um, it was a term used by the Israelites to denote all foreign people, essentially, anyone who wasn't an Israelite. And the term was often used as a term of contempt. This was not a good thing to be referred to. Um, similarly, the Samaritans, which I referenced earlier, uh, who are referenced all throughout the Bible, uh, you probably remember the story of the Good Samaritan. Well, they were a group of people who, although they were monotheistic and followed many of the Jewish laws, um, were also a racially mixed society with both Jewish and pagan ancestry. And as such, because uh, according to uh, the, the, the pure Jewish communities, um, they didn't follow them exactly, uh, they were despised by ordinary Jews. In fact, uh, Jews, while traveling, would literally go around Samaria by crossing over the River Jordan to avoid going through the city. That's pretty intense. So Luke here points to the fact that Jesus is born the Savior of all of mankind, including the Samaritans, the very people that the Jews detest the most. But here the author of Luke makes the point to show that Jesus is born amongst the lowest of society, that he came to bring peace among even the detested Samaritans. This is a challenge. This is a challenge by the author of Luke to show that Jesus came for all people. And so at this time of Christmas, at this time of rebirth, who are the Samaritans in your life? How will you reach out to the neighbor whose skin color, language, culture, or customs might be different from your own? How can we accept the challenge by being better to those around us in 2018? Grace and peace, brothers and sisters, and Happy New Year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.